There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. That's John the Baptist in John 1. We heard earlier from Matthew. It's the part of John 1 that gets at least partially skipped on Christmas Eve. It's right after, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. Right after the Christ candle, the one in the middle, is lit in the darkened sanctuary, or gym, or on screen at a pandemic drive-in service. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. Then skip 10 seconds, skip 10 seconds through the man sent from God whose name was John. The book of John doesn't have any of the details about the baptizer that the other gospels do. It's in Matthew and Mark and Luke that we hear about that camel hair shirt and the leather belt and his raw diet of locusts and honey. It's in those books and in that picture that we see his resemblance to the old prophets like Elijah. In John, we just get that cosmic light and then zooming way, way in through the glare, a figure emerges in a place that gets more and more specific, more and more local. This was, the book of John says, across the Jordan River in Bethany. He looks like a prophet, smells like a prophet, hollers about repentance like a prophet. He must be the one. Because in that time and place, they had been waiting. In the simmering political tensions of early first century, they had started to look to the old promises, promises that said help is on the way. So here's the thing, in my great Advent 2 do-over, I didn't really get any farther in my superhero origin story research than I did the first time. Like I found my way back to the same resources, same links that I had saved, and I dutifully opened them all up in a dozen tabs, and I went down a Superman rabbit hole, and, and again, like I did in December, wondered how I could authoritatively tell Superman's origin story. Like which one, the 1938 one, the comic strips, the movies, the TV shows, like how many even are there, and which ones count as definitive to fans, and how many people here know Superman stories well enough that I should even worry about it? During worship planning, for this week, Vince said that on the planet Krypton, where Superman is from, he's just a regular person. And at that point, I didn't have like the will to actually find out what that meant, so I wondered if it meant that everyone on Krypton is as strong as Superman is, and that's just average for Krypton, or if it meant that neither he nor anyone else there had anything that we would recognize as extraordinary powers. In that scenario, it was in coming to Earth and living in this context, in this atmosphere, that brought out in him those traits. Like, he never really had developed them at home. And what I found out, having absolutely poured dutifully over a Superman Wikipedia article, is that it's some of both. Action Comics number one, 1938, showed that everyone on Krypton was able to leap tall buildings in a single bound, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The people there were part of a highly evolved species, millions of years ahead of our own, which seems like, even for a comic book, kind of hyperbolic. But uh, that was 1938. Superman number 146, 1961, revealed that Superman's ability to fly and to withstand being shot, for example, 
any powers at all except his strength. They're all activated by the Earth's sun. And in 1963, that was revised. All Superman's powers are activated by living life on Earth. It was a changing backstory, an evolving backstory. He had adoptive parents who, as they became aware of his powers, encouraged him to use them only for good. There was a, a super early draft, a 1933 short story called The Reign of the Superman, and that he was a bad guy in that one. But the books, the TV, the movies, they all shifted to reflect their own time and sensibilities, and sometimes his powers even contracted. John the, ba John the Baptist, almost everywhere, gets no origin story. In the book of Mark, at the very beginning of the earliest canonical gospel we have, in verse four, he appeared in the wilderness. That's his introduction. In our reading this morning in Matthew, it says just in those days, John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness. In the book of John, he was sent from God, and only in the book of Luke do we learn more about his origin story, where he came from, his parents. Long hoping Elizabeth and the priest Zechariah, who had waited so long to have a baby. It's only there that we hear about an angel showing up while Zechariah's at work at the temple. The angel who tells him that in spite of how old they've gotten, they'll have a child after all. The angel who, even then, years before the camel hair and leather, says that the baby will have the spirit and power of Elijah. Zechariah, because he simply can't believe it, won't be able to speak until the baby is born. It's only in the book of Luke that he's related to Jesus. A cousin, maybe? His, mother's, his mother is Mary's aunt. In Luke alone, he's born, and at his brisk, he's named John, and everyone at the party wondered what he'd grow up to become. What were they hoping for? Tony Rivera has been awarded one of this year's Carnegie Medals he feels bad that he got it. And from what little I understand about the Carnegie Medals, that's a very common sentiment among the recipients. Tony was at home when he heard, when his family heard a fight outside. A neighbor was being violently attacked by his own son. So first Tony's daughter hollered and they went outside and, and her yells distracted the young man and, and Tony Rivera saw his opening. When the young man pulled back his arm to stab his dad again, Tony saw that he could reach in and grab his arm, and he did, and he took the knife. The woman interviewing Tony said, so the fact that there was a knife present, that didn't deter you at all? I didn't even think about it. Like I just saw someone in danger and I wasn't gonna stand there and watch someone get stabbed. I cannot emphasize enough how calm he was in telling this story, how even keeled. He was moved only when he thought about his daughter's actions and how she gave the wounded man first aid until the paramedics arrived. Tony describes himself as secluded, kind of private, he says. He likes to smile and wave at neighbors, but mostly he likes to leave them alone. He didn't know the names of his neighbors. Later, after some extensive surgery and recovery, the neighbor thanked Tony for saving his life and his son's life, the one with the knife. The detectives who showed up that day said, in so many words, that if the young man had still been holding the knife when they arrived, they would have shot him. They told his dad that. His dad hadn't known the young man had schizophrenia, and he certainly hadn't known how 
to live with him, what to do with him. The young man, when he thinks about it clearly, is horrified at what he did, and his dad is still working on forgiving him. This took place across the De Plains River outside in Bolingbrook. John the Baptist, on the far side of the Jordan, was preaching and practicing baptism for the forgiveness of sins. He was proclaiming that the kingdom of heaven had come near and was among them. He was pointing people to look in Jesus' direction. John, according to the book of Luke, was born for this. He had been called to do these particular things, to turn the hearts of parents to their children, to turn the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous, to make ready a people prepared for God. Because God was coming, help was on the way. But the people had work to do too. There was a call on their lives too, to repent, to act with justice, to bear fruit worthy of the lives to which they were called. For one thing, especially the way the book of Matthew tells the story, the end was near, just like it is now, just like it always is. You know, the world is falling apart and coming to an end somewhere. If it's not global catastrophe, climate change here, or in the story about Superman, a natural disaster destroyed his planet, moved his parents to send the infant superhero our way. If it's not global, it's particular and local. Households in crisis, individuals in grief, communities threatened with violence, power abused, the end is near, isn't it? John the Baptist on the far side of the Jordan was preaching that even now, especially now, the end near with everything so dangerous and urgent and cataclysmic, God is here, God is with us, help is on the way, and it's going to ask something of us too. The person interviewing Tony Rivera said, in the future would you do this again? He said, absolutely, it's instinctual. The interviewer said, where did that come from? And he had an answer about his own origin story so fast and not one that I was expecting. He said, I had alopecia. <laughs> what? That was his answer. That's his origin story. He grew up with alopecia. He grew up an immigrant in neighborhoods close to here. And he said, well, it made him kind of tough. He was a little bit sheepish about that. He said he never shied away from a fight. But he also said it gave him compassion for others who got picked on and bullied. He's not a superhero, he's just a regular guy where he comes from. Bolingbrook, Illinois, planet Earth. His powers activated by being in proximity to others and seeing them with compassion. So what's next for you, the interviewer asked him. And he said he's trying to figure that out. When he was 28, he said he owned his own business, and he thought he was one of the most successful people out there. But now he thinks, I didn't like that guy very much. He's trying to figure out who he is and live with purpose. He says he thinks he has a lot to offer people. He has a firm belief that there's a higher power that calls you to do certain things. And he says he's never been afraid. What each of us has experienced and been through, what we have lived through, that gives us our powers, our strengths. It gives us our needs and desires, 
creates in us our particular hunger, creates in us our fears and bolsters us against the things that don't scare us. What we have experienced and been through creates in us our particular hope and some of the ways that we just can't avoid taking action. It's instinctual. John the Baptist, Tony Rivera, in some of the stories, Superman, and definitely, definitely, I think, you and me, all of our powers, our strength, our vulnerability, our compassion, our willingness to accept help, all our powers are activated by living life on Earth, where we are called, now that the end is near again, to repent and prepare the way for God.